Welcome to the Golden Age of Comic Books. Hey, Golden Age fans, it's August 24th, 2008, and this is the Golden Age of Comic Books. This is Bill Jourdain, your host. I'm glad you're here. Well, it's been about six months since I've done an episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books. Uh, Y'all probably wonder what happened to me. Well, I am alive and well. Been very, very busy with all kinds of other things. Haven't had a whole lot of uh, time to to uh, play around with comic books over the last six months. Been doing a lot of things, of course, with my family, a lot of things with work, and I've been involved in quite a number of volunteer activities throughout the community. And I just haven't had enough time to sit down and uh, work out uh, a show for what is the 58th installment of the Golden Age of Comic Books. So I sat down and uh, pulled out some old notes that I had made. I had good intentions of doing a show a number of months ago and didn't get a chance to do it, but I pulled out my notes from that show and uh, dusted them off and added some things to it. And so I'm going to do a show today about something that's near and dear to my heart. In fact, I've touched upon this topic several times in some of the previous episodes of the Golden Age of Comic Books, but I've never devoted an entire show to this topic, and that is the Superman-Batman team-ups from the Golden Age of Comic Books. Now, of course, Superman and Batman in the modern era have teamed up many, many times, and they continue to do so even in their own title, which just hit its 50th uh, uh, issue, I believe. But I think it's it's kind of neat to go back and look at the roots of the Superman-Batman team-ups, the origins, if you will, of the team, how they came together and how they evolved during the Golden Age of comic books and right on into the early Silver Age of comic books. So that's where we're going to head uh, in our show for this installment. Now, in the past, I've talked a lot about uh, reprint materials uh, that have come out every time I've done a show. And I'll be honest with you, if I sat down and went over every Golden Age and Silver Age reprint book that has come out since six months ago when I last did a show, I'd probably be sitting here for an hour or so talking about those. So I'm not going to comment on any specific uh, reprint material that's come out, but I will say that uh, I'm really quite pleased at all of the Golden Age material that has been reprinted over the last six months. Also, uh, of course, Marvel has done a number of their monster books and uh, pre-hero books, uh, it's just been great to see this old material reprinted. Uh, I know if you went back 10 years, you probably wouldn't find near as much of this great old material available in reprint format, or at least not in uh, hardback form, and even in some of the uh, the uh, showcase-type uh, uh, printouts uh, that, that have been put out uh, over the last uh, several months. So i tell you what, if you like Golden Age comics and you like the early Silver Age of comics, there's all kinds of stuff out there now. So check it out. Um, if anybody's interested in my ideas about the good and the bad and the ugly, let me know, and I'll uh, be happy to exchange that information with you by email. But the various reprints that I have read over the last six months have been great. Uh, there's some, obviously, that are better than others, but, it, boy, it's out there. And if you're interested in getting reprints of Golden Age material, uh, just about everything uh, that's considered key Golden Age material, I think, has been reprinted now. The Run of the Spirit has been completed uh, of course, uh, many, many uh, months ago, all of the All-Star uh, books got completed. They're still working on Batman and Superman, but they continue to uh, churn those out, among many other of the Golden Age characters. Marvel has gotten into it as well a lot uh, more strongly than they have been in the past, and I think a lot of the good Golden Age Marvel material is now available as well. So check all that good reprint material out, and I know that uh, you'll find probably a niche in the Golden Age that you enjoy. 
from all different genres of the golden age of comic books. I think if you want a good summary of all of the reprint material that's out there for the Golden Age and Silver Age, the best place to go is the Collected Comics Library website. Uh, Chris Marshall has been doing a podcast longer than I have, and uh, he's more regular at getting his done. I I know he gets his done, uh, as promised, just about every week. So Chris is the best source for learning about all of the reprints that are out there, the Collected Editions of the Golden Age reprints. So check out Chris's website. Check out his podcast. As to Collected Comics Library, and you'll be able to uh, track down just about everything that's been printed and, and know uh, what's available. A lot of great sources to get this material. Of course, you can always go to your local comic book shop. Uh, I go to the uh, to the Fantasy Factory in Dalton, Georgia, to uh, buy a lot of my stuff. But also, there's a lot of online uh, vendors where you can get this Golden Age reprint material. Uh, the Direct Comic Book Service uh, through uh, In Stock Trades. They have all that great stuff, so you can check them out as well. I've gotten a lot of uh, good deals from uh, in-stock trades. They do a pretty good discount, so check that out, and I know you'll enjoy some of this old material. Well, let's move on to the topic at hand this uh, for this episode. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, that is going to be the Superman-Batman team-ups. Now, most of you that have listened to my podcast and know about my love of the Golden Age of comic books know that most of what uh, I have in my own collection relates to the Golden Age Batman. I have always had a great interest in the Golden Age Batman. In fact, that's probably what got me into podcasting in the first place. Way back uh, in the uh, probably the late 90s, I put up a website, goldenagebatman.com, where I started playing around with uh, the internet and putting up uh, some web information about that character. Of course, my website is still there, and there's a lot of good information on my Golden Age Batman website about that character, but it has been far surpassed by many of the great websites that are there now that have a lot of better information that are searchable and uh, just a little bit easier to use, such as uh, the Grand Comic Book Database Project website at comics.org and many others. But I still have a lot of information on there, including information about the Superman-Batman team-ups. I've always been uh, a big fan of the Golden Age Superman as well, But I've never really collected a lot of that material. Of course, I've got a lot of the reprint material for the Golden Age Superman. But one thing that always intrigued me was the team-ups of the Golden Age Superman with the Golden Age Batman and, of course, the Golden Age Robin during that time frame. Now, it's interesting that uh, DC teamed their two main characters up. Of course, uh, there are a lot of other team-ups going on at the time, uh, primarily in the world of DC with the JSA and the pages of All-Star Comics. Marvel had its own team-ups going on uh, with their all-winners comics, but I think it's fair to say that uh, all of that occurred because the comic book publishers of the time knew that they'd sell more books when they teamed up their main characters in stories together. But it's interesting that even though Superman and Batman were, of course, the two most popular characters in the world of DC Comics, they never really teamed those characters up until very, very late in the golden age of comic books. They appeared together on covers and whatnot, but um, a lot of people probably assume they appeared together in stories from the very earliest days of the golden age of comic books on into the present. But that really wasn't the case. So let's talk about how that team-up of uh, Batman and Superman, and honestly, if you think about it in terms of the modern age characters and how they uh, interact, they're probably best friends at this point, at least in the pages of the comics. And so how did all that happen? And, and, and uh 
how did it come about in the golden age of comic books? Well, the very first time that Superman, Batman, and Robin ever appeared together in print in the golden age of comic books was on the cover of New York World's Fair comics for 1940. There were two issues of New York World's Fair comics. The first was the 1939 issue, and uh, Batman uh, either had just been introduced or was about to be introduced when that comic came out and was not in the pages of the 1939 comic. But by the time the 1940 comic came along, Superman and Batman were both extremely popular characters for DC, and they figured Batman, Robin, and Superman prominently on the cover of the 1940 New York World's Fair comic book. And so for the very first time in print, the three characters, Superman, Batman, and Robin, appeared together on the cover of that comic. Now, they had stories on the inside with Batman and Robin and Superman, but they did not team up in that issue of the 1940 New York World's Fair comic book, They had separate stories. I've discussed those stories before in other episodes of Golden Age of Comic Books, but it wasn't a team-up. Now, the popularity of New York World's Fair comics uh, was such that DC decided to continue that title. um, And in the spring of 1941, they published World's Best Comics, number one. World's Best Comics became World's Finest Comics. Uh, with uh, issue number two, it became World's Finest. That was the summer 1941 issue. And World's Finest comics continued all the way until uh, the uh, end of that run in January of 1986. So it was a very long-running comic book for DC. And on every cover of World's Finest from the beginning, including the World's Best comic, until the end of that run, Superman and Batman appeared uh, on the covers and in stories in those comic books. So a very, very long run of stories with Superman and Batman. But for the very early years of World's Finest Comics and World's Best Comics, Superman and Batman did not team up. They did eventually, and I'll get to uh, that story in just a few minutes. But they had their separate stories, and they had uh, completely separate adventures. And there really even wasn't an acknowledgement in the pages of World's Finest Comics and World's Best Comics that Superman and Batman even knew each other, other than the implication from the covers where they were interacting, Batman and Robin and Superman, that they somehow knew each other. But there were never any stories that really suggested that in the pages of World's Best and World's Finest until much later. Now, although Superman and Batman, in addition to appearing in the pages of World's Finest comics, uh, and, of course, they had their own titles. Uh, Superman uh, appeared in uh, Action Comics in his own story and in Superman Comics, where he had uh, several stories with his adventures. Batman and Robin appeared over in the pages of Detective Comics, where they started with issue number 27. And, uh, of course, Robin came along in issue number 38 of Detective Comics. And then they had their own title, uh, Batman Comics, uh, where they had several adventures in each title. It started out as a quarterly, went to a bi-monthly and ended up being a monthly as time went by. Uh, But uh, they also had some cameo appearances in the early golden age of comic books where uh, it was acknowledged probably for the very first time in the comics, other than cover appearances, that those characters knew each other. Now, Robin did not appear in these stories that I'm about to talk about, uh, but Batman and Superman did. The very first time that they made a cameo appearance of this type was in the pages of All-Star Comics number 7. That was the November-December 1941 issue of All-Star, 
where they had a cameo appearance in the pages of a JSA story where essentially their role was to assist the JSA in raising uh, money for war orphans. And at the conclusion of the story, Batman and Superman make cameo appearances, and it is implied through those appearances that they probably knew each other. So check that out. Of course, you can read... uh, you can read those uh, stories, that story in particular, in the pages of uh, the All-Star Comics archives. Now, they also appeared together in uh, a story in the pages of All-Star Comics number 36. That was the August-September 1947 issue. They appeared together in a story uh, with the JSA, and again, in that story, it, it, it is implied that Superman and Batman knew each other didn't really indicate in either All-Star 7 or All-Star 36 that they were aware of each other's secret identities, uh, only that Superman and Batman were aware of each other in their superhero uh, in their superhero guises. So it's interesting that uh, DC put them together in a couple of stories, brief appearances, but uh, together nevertheless in the pages of All-Star comics, but did not do that in the pages of World's Finest where they had their own separate stories. Uh, uh, either quarterly or bimonthly or monthly. Now, of course, there was a time in the history of comic books where Superman and Batman finally teamed up for real. They learned each other's secret identities of Clark Kent for Superman and Bruce Wayne for Batman. Uh, and when did that happen? Well, that didn't happen until 1952, uh, over 10 years after the characters were created by DC in their respective titles. Uh, and in the pages of Superman number 76, that was the May-June 1952 issue, Superman and Batman are finally brought together in a story where they interact, they team up, and they learn each other's secret identities. Now, uh, I, I think it's interesting, as I said, that it took this long for DC to put these characters together in a story like this, particularly when they had appeared regularly on the cover of World's Finest Comics for all those years leading up to 1952. But DC decided it was time, and the two teamed up. So let's take a few minutes to talk about the Superman-Batman team-up that appeared in the pages of Superman number 76 in 1952. Now, as this story goes, it's a pretty typical Superman story from uh, this time frame where part of the problem is, once again, Lois Lane is involved trying to discover whether or not Clark Kent is really Superman. And, of course, in this story, the added twist is she's also trying to figure out whether Bruce Wayne is Batman. But uh, that's kind of how the story uh, gets its start. Uh, The uh, two characters uh, are going to cruise on a cruise ship uh, all together. Uh, Superman in his guise is Clark Kent. Batman in his guise is Bruce Wayne. And, of course, Lois is going to be on the ship as well. Uh, but there's a snafu with the booking, and Bruce and Clark end up having to share a cabin together. Don't really understand why the richest man in the world, Bruce Wayne, couldn't swing his own cabin on this ship. Probably could have just bought the ship, but you know that's uh, <laughs> that's another story, and it probably would have spoiled the story. Nevertheless, they end up uh, in their cabin together, and uh, as they are uh, meeting one another and concerned about whether or not uh, they'll discover each other's secret identity. There uh, is a uh, man in an asbestos suit standing at the at the uh, dock off the, to the side of the ship, and uh, he, he shoots an incendiary bullet at a tanker truck of gasoline. Of course, the truck explodes, fires everywhere, 
uh, Superman sees it, Batman sees it. Uh, of course, they're still dressed as Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, and they realize, oh, we uh, we've got to do something about this separately. But they don't know what to do because they're in this cabin together. Uh, and so they're trying to figure out what to do, and Bruce decides, well, maybe if I just turn off the light, it's, it's time to to turn in for the night, which is kind of strange because the ship hadn't even left the dock yet, but that's how some of these uh, Golden Age stories go. They they, they kind of defy logic. But anyway, lights go out, um, and in the darkness, Superman uh, changes into, uh, Clark Kent, I should say, changes into his Superman garb. Bruce changes into his Batman garb. But suddenly, as the flames are raging outside, light pours through the porthole in the cabin, and they both see each other in their uh, costumes as Batman and Superman, and they both exclaim to one another, well, you must be Clark Kent and Superman and one and the same, and you must be Bruce Wayne and Batman one and the same. And they decide that they'll deal with that problem later. They rush out of the cabin, rush down to the dock, and... As Superman is extinguishing the fire and taking care, taking care of that problem, uh, they also spy that Lois, who's always getting herself into serious trouble, uh, I guess because she realizes Superman will always be there to save her life, she's about to be uh, burned alive. And instead of Superman rescuing Lois, uh, Batman swings down on his bat rope and rescues Lois from the flames. And then Lois meets both of them together, and uh, they have a talk on the dock. And then a few minutes later, as Superman and Batman are speaking to the police about what had happened, they find the, the discarded asbestos suit, and they realize that the crook uh, who had recently uh, committed a robbery must have caused this fire in order to uh, make a getaway probably onto the ship. And so Superman and Batman decide that uh, they're going to have to uh, get onto the ship as well as Superman and Batman and go on the cruise in their superhero guises in order to try to catch this crook. Well, of course, that presents all kinds of problems because Lois is on board this ship. Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are supposed to be on board this ship. And so now you have this impossible situation where uh, you have uh, the four individuals who are really two and Lois Lane all together. And it doesn't take Lois Lane very long to figure out that uh, hmm, maybe something isn't quite right here, and maybe these two guys really are Superman and Batman. And so they come up with a plan as quick as they can to try to uh, to put Lois uh, Lois's suspicions off. And so, first of all, uh, they decide that Clark, who's always kind of meek and mild, as you know, as he's been created as a character over the years, he is suddenly seasick, and so it's decided that he's simply going to have to stay in his bunk in his cabin during the... Uh, during the cruise uh, with his seasickness. And, of course, uh, Bruce Wayne uh, uh, goes along with that and tells Lois, you know, well, he's pretty bad. I'm just going to have to stay here and take care of him, so you're probably not going to see me out and about on the ship either. And so hopefully uh, they've, they've fooled Lois in terms of why she's not going to see Bruce and Clark running around on the deck uh, when she probably will be seeing Superman and Batman on the deck. But Superman also knows that they're going to have problems trying to catch this diamond thief who they believe has stowed aboard the uh, the ship because he believes Lois Lane is going to just be constantly, uh, as he says, in his hair and interfering with their investigation. So Superman and Batman hash a plan to try to get Lois to believe that Batman is actually falling for her so that Superman can be left to uh, try to find the diamonds that they believe this diamond thief has smuggled aboard. Now, uh, 
as they are uh, performing a number of tasks around the ship, and I won't go into all the details of the story. You can read it for yourself, and I'll tell you where in a little while. Uh, Superman, uh, using his X-ray vision, finds a guy who has a pistol in his coat pocket, using, of course, the X-ray vision, uh, and he tells Batman that, and they have a pretty good suspicion that this guy named Smilter is probably the uh, diamond smuggler, the guy who started the fire on the dock that, that got this whole uh, ball game going in the first place. But they can't find the diamonds, and uh, they look around the ship, of course, Superman using x-ray vision and otherwise, and they simply can't find the diamonds, and uh, they're, they're very confused why they can't do that. So they continue on on this ship with Lois Lane and Smilter under their suspicion, but they don't realize that Lois actually overheard them talking about the plan to get Lois to believe that Batman was falling for her. And so Lois, like she so often does, decides to play up on that, and uh, she pretends that she is falling for Batman to make Superman jealous. And so she has the two of them perform different tasks, such as uh, uh, Superman is juggling icebergs. Uh, Luckily, this was not uh, the Titanic. But anyway, Superman is juggling icebergs, and Batman is doing all kinds of uh, acrobatic stunts and whatnot. And while this is all going on, uh, to the delight of Lois Lane, no doubt, uh, Smilter, the uh, jewel smuggler, uh, has left the area uh, where they're doing all these things, and he's climbing a ladder to the top deck of the ship where a helicopter is waiting for him. And at the same time, Superman and Batman, who are now talking to the captain of the ship, are told that the turbines on the ship have failed and that a storm's coming and that they could be in real trouble. Uh, all this happens at about the same time. Superman's going to have to tow the ship to safety while Smilter is uh, getting on to the helicopter, and unfortunately, he's also kidnapped Lois, who discovered his plan, and she's on the helicopter with him, and as the helicopter is leaving and Superman is trying to save the ship from the storm, they decide that only uh, Batman can uh, get Smilter and Lois uh, in the helicopter, and so in a true uh, team-up of the superheroes, Superman is towing the ship, and he at the same time with his other hand tosses Batman through the air to the helicopter, of course, uh, Batman says, wow, this is really traveling. Robin would have loved this, uh, just like so many of their stories from the Golden Age. Uh, Batman, of course, the excellent acrobat that he is, jumps on to the helicopter, gets inside, subdues the pilot, and Smilter, the crook, saves Lois Lane, and, of course, uh, the rest is history. As you know, uh, the day is saved. Now, that's not the end of the story. Oh, and I should point out, uh, before I move on to the to the real rest of the story, why they never could find the jewels, and that's because Smilter was smart enough to hide the jewels, the diamonds that he had stolen, inside of the lead bullets in his gun. That's why Superman couldn't see them with his x-ray vision. They were actually encased in lead inside the bullets in the gun. And so the ship docks, and the authorities take uh, Smilter and the pilot of the helicopter into custody, and Batman and Superman... Uh, who have now disembarked the ship, tell Lois their job is done, and they're leaving, and uh, they they actually just leave the scene at this point. Well, the ship uh, goes back out into the sea, and of course, as soon as Batman and Superman are gone, well, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne appear on deck. Lois, of course, is greatly suspicious. She looks at Clark and says, boy, you sure got over your seasickness mighty quickly. And uh, Clark stammers and says, well, the stop at the port revived me. And, of course, they know once again they're in big trouble and that uh, Lois is about, once again, to discover the fact that Clark is Superman 
and Bruce is Batman. And so once again, they hatch a plan, and at night, while the ship is at sea and everyone is asleep, Superman uh, carries Batman with super speed back to Gotham City and hides while Batman makes an appearance on the top of the building so that everyone can see that he's there in Gotham patrolling his city. And, of course, the uh, the ship's radio news bulletin the next morning indicates as such. And so Bruce and Clark know that they've at least convinced Lois that Bruce can't be Batman, but she's still suspicious of Clark being Superman. And so uh, Bruce comes up with a plan, whispers to Clark that they'll take care of it, and as the ship docks back in Metropolis, uh, Lois and Clark, disembarking the ship together, are greeted by none other than Superman. Well, of course, we learn in the next panel that the Clark Kent that disembarked the ship with Lois was actually Bruce Wayne in disguise as Clark Kent. And so it was the real Superman, but it was not the real Clark Kent. And so uh, they have fooled Lois and kept her from learning each other's secret identities. And, uh, of course, all is well with the world. Now, I mentioned earlier that Robin didn't appear in this story, and that's not quite right. Robin actually did appear uh, in the uh, uh, very end of this story, in the very last panel, as Batman and Superman are together at the end. And uh, Robin is somehow escorting Lois to uh, out to dinner. Now, they don't really explain where Robin came from. They're supposed to be uh, in Metropolis. And uh, Batman just all of a sudden appears with Superman on the dock where Robin is. And they don't really explain all of this, how this all happened. But uh, that's the end of the story. That's the very last panel. And uh, all three of the characters, Superman... Batman and Robin and Lois uh, are together at the very end of the story. So a little bit, uh, little bit jumbled there about the facts, but nevertheless, it is a milestone in the history of Superman and Batman because for the very first time, they appear together in a full-length adventure. Uh, not only that, but they learn each other's secret identities, and uh, uh, of course, the rest is history. Now, they don't talk about in this story, getting together again and fighting crime or anything like that. They just had a nice adventure together. And that, uh, as they say, was the end of it. And although they continued to appear together on the covers of World's Finest Comics, they didn't have any other team-ups together until two years later in the pages of World's Finest Comics in issue number 71. That was the July-August 1954 issue of World's Finest. And at that time... Uh, DC decided that they were going to change the direction of World's Finest. And from that point forward, from issue number 71 until the series ended in January of 1986, Batman and Superman teamed up in every story together with Robin and other supporting characters uh, for many, many years. And of course, as I said earlier, they continue to team up even to this day. And they have their own title now. It's not called World's Finest anymore. It's called Batman Superman or Superman Batman. So... Uh, issue number 71 of World's Finest, uh, again, uh, starts the long tradition of Superman and Batman becoming good friends and teaming up together. It's interesting that in the pages of World's Finest number 71, the first uh, couple of panels recap what had happened back two years earlier in the pages of Superman number 76. They actually uh, recreate the scene in the first panel where Batman... And Superman, uh, through the light of the porthole, discover each other's secret identities. 
uh, and discover that Bruce Wayne is Batman, Superman is Clark Kent. And they talk about that at the end of that uh, adventure, they made a compact and that they said to each other, and Batman says, Superman, you can depend on me to keep your identity secret as Clark Kent. And only you and my pal Robin know that I'm Bruce Wayne. And Superman says, I'll keep your secret too, Batman. And uh, they decide that they're going to uh, keep those secrets and, and move on. But then um, the story in, in World's Finest 71 starts out, but many months later that compact was to lead to the strange adventure which began five miles outside Metropolis as a stolen helicopter landed at sea. Now, I'm not going to recap the entire story of World's Finest number 71 for you, but the story basically involves uh, kryptonite and the perils that uh, Superman uh, encounters because of kryptonite and also the fact that Superman and Batman decide to once again exchange identities in order to deal with the kryptonite problem and to solve a particular crime. And so the whole story involves, once again, Superman and Batman and Bruce and uh, Clark and Robin all trying to deal with that threat and also at the same time trying to fool Lois Lane, who once again believes that Superman is Clark Kent, that Batman uh, and Bruce Wayne are one and the same, and they go through a very uh, detailed series of... Uh, of, of situations where not only do they solve the crime and catch the crooks, but they also fool Lois once again. And so Superman and Batman begin a long tradition of team-ups in the pages of World's Finest 71 that continued for many, many years. Now, that is not the end of the story because for some strange reason, uh, a number of years later, in the pages of World's Finest Comics number 94... That was the May-June 1958 issue. So four years later, DC decides that they're going to change the origin of the Superman and Batman team. Now, I'm not really sure why they did this. Of course, this is uh, 1958 now. Uh, the Silver Age had begun two years earlier with the introduction of the Silver Age Flash in showcase number four. So some might argue well, this really isn't the Golden Age Batman. This is actually the Silver Age Batman. And this story in World's Finest number 94 describes how the Silver Age Batman and the Silver Age Superman came to meet and came to be uh, uh, a team in the pages of World's Finest. But it's strange because it continues in the same continuity of the stories that started back in World's Finest number 71, just uh, four years earlier, and so it doesn't really explain why four years later they decide to completely change the origin of the team. However, in the pages of World's Finest number 94, they describe that Batman and uh, Robin knew who Superman was by reading about his exploits in the newspaper, but they had never met him, uh, and they were uh, flying in the Batplane to Metropolis because they had overheard some crooks in Gotham stealing kryptonite, hoping that they might encounter Superman because they wanted to warn him about the crooks in Gotham who had stolen the kryptonite. And of course they encounter, as they fly into Metropolis in the Batplane, uh, they encounter Superman uh, flying through the air, uh, going after some crooks in a helicopter who had stolen an armored car, towing the armored car underneath their helicopter. And as they... Uh, are watching all of this unfold through the windows of the Batplane, one of the crooks in the helicopter 
shoots Batman with a gun that has liquid kryptonite in it, similar to the liquid kryptonite that was used way, way back in the radio show of Superman, the radio Adventures of Superman, where kryptonite was first introduced long before it was in the comic book. That's another story that I've already told in another episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books. But I digress. Uh, As Superman uh, is falling to Earth because he's been sprayed with this liquid kryptonite, Batman and Robin realize they have to uh, act fast, and they put the Batplane into what is called a screaming power dive, and uh, they fly up underneath Superman, and uh, through the open um, open hatch on the Batplane, they grab Superman and get him into the Batplane. But they realize that he's covered in this liquid kryptonite, and they've got to do something to save him, and so they tie him to a rope. Uh, they they lower him below the Batplane, and they uh, drag him through a waterfall a couple of times uh, to wash the kryptonite off of him. Of course, they save his life, and uh, they meet for the very first time, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history, because the Batman, Superman, and, and uh, Robin team-ups uh, were started out with that rescue of Superman by the dynamic duo. So in 1958, that's the new origin of the Superman and Batman team. And the story of Superman and Batman being on a ship with Lois and learning each other's secret identities is pretty much abandoned at that point and uh, is is set aside uh, out of continuity as not being the true origin of the Superman and Batman team. So however you want to look at it, whether it's just a uh, restart of the particular team-up, origin or if it is the golden age versus the silver age characters team ups being told uh, to take it however you want but uh, certainly DC never explained why they decided uh, in the course uh, between 1952 and 1958 to tell uh, two separate origins and abandon the very first one. Now that could be the end of the, uh, the twist and turns that the origin of the Superman and Batman team took from the uh, Golden Age on into the early Silver Age of comics. But DC wasn't done yet. And in the pages of Adventure Comics number 275, that's the August 1960 issue, another weird twist is put on the origin of the Superman-Batman team. And in that story, um, I just have a hard time even understanding why DC would do so many uh, things that are essentially out of continuity like this. But... Uh, Superboy, of course, appeared in the pages of Adventure Comics, and this is a Superboy story. And in this story, we find that a young man named Bruce Wayne and his parents, Martha and uh, Thomas Wayne, have moved to Smallville from Gotham City while Bruce is a teenager. Now, as we know from the uh, most uh, widely reported origin of Batman, Martha and Thomas Wayne were killed by street thugs when Bruce was not a teenager, not in high school, but a much younger child. And so this story has Bruce as a teenager attending Smallville High School with young Clark Kent, Lana Lang, and of course Superboy uh, in Smallville as well. Don't really ever understand all of that, but I'm not going to tell you the entirety of this story, but suffice to say, uh, in this story, as a high school student, Bruce Wayne has already taken on many of the attributes that he will have as Batman. He's a skilled athlete. He's a skilled detective. All of the things that uh, Batman becomes, Bruce already has accomplished in this setting in high school in Smallville, Kansas. Now, 
uh, we also know that Thomas uh, and Martha Wayne appear in this story, and so we don't know why Bruce has developed all these skills without the traumatic event that occurred in his life in the best-known origin of Batman to cause him to become the Batman. But, again, DC doesn't explain all of this uh, in this story. But uh, also we find out that, that Superboy, Clark Kent, already knows that Bruce Wayne will be Batman because he's used his time telescope, the telescope that will peer into the future. And he'd already met Robin the Boy Wonder in a previous story in Adventure Comics when Robin had traveled back in time through the efforts of Professor Carter Nichols. I, uh, in fact, wrote a story for Comics Now magazine number two where we talked all about Carter Nichols and his role in the Batman adventures, the time travel adventures in uh, the golden age of comic books. But in any event, um, Bruce and Superman team up. Bruce uh, dones some crime-fighting gear of his own. He's known as the Flying Fox in this story, and uh, they fight crime together. He saves uh, Superboy from a kryptonite attack by some thugs, and uh, they uh, they team up. And finally, uh, at the end of the story, Superboy tells Bruce that uh, he'll be Batman one day. He shows him through his time telescope a video of Superman and Batman teamed up, uh, acknowledging their secret identities in the future. Uh, Bruce realizes that he doesn't need to carry that knowledge with him as he grows up, and so he asks Superboy to hypnotize him with equipment that Thomas Wayne has at his doctor's office in Smallville, and uh, Superboy does just that, and so Bruce doesn't remember and has no memory at all of his team-up with Superboy and his knowledge that Superboy and Clark Kent are one and the same. So this is a pretty strange story, given all of the uh, out-of-continuity things that occur, particularly talking about a teenage Bruce Wayne living with his parents in Smallville where he has not uh, only developed his skills that will eventually be the skills he uses as Batman, but he doesn't have any of the trauma yet where his parents are gunned down. And none of that is even explained uh, in the in the story by Superboy, of course, to Bruce about how he becomes Batman. So, like I said, a very uh, out-of-continuity, uh, uh, different story. And uh, one, however, that DC certainly touted on the cover of this uh, magazine, Adventure Number 275, as featuring the origin of the Superman and Batman team. So, you got three origins. You've got, uh, of course, the Superman 76 origin. You have the World's Finest 94 origin, and then, of course, you now have the Adventure 275 from 1960 origin, where they actually met uh, as young men. Now, if you want to read these stories that I've been talking about, uh, particularly the Superman 76 story and the World's Finest stories, uh, the story from World's Finest 71 and World's Finest number 94, you're in luck. They've all been reprinted in uh, two volumes that are called The World's Finest Comics Archives, Volumes 1 and 2. They have both been published by uh, DC. And what they contain uh, are the uh, stories that I've talked about, including the Superman 76 story. That was sort of a bonus thrown into the first volume, The World's Finest Comics Archives, Volume 1. They reprinted the Superman 76 story. And then that moves right on into, from there, The World's Finest number 71 story. And so the two archive volumes uh, are devoted to the team-up stories. Um, they don't go back to the earlier single or, or solo adventure stories of Batman and Robin and then Superman from the pages of World's Finest. They concentrate on the team-up stories with volume two 
ending with the story from World's Finest Comics number 101. That was the May 1959 issue. So you can read a pretty good run of the earliest team-up stories, including the, uh, the revised origin story from World's Finest Comics number 94 in these two volumes, uh, as published by DC. The first volume being published in 1999, the second volume being published in 2001. Now, I don't know about the uh, story from Adventure Comics number 275 and whether it's been reprinted. I imagine it probably has, but I don't uh, have that uh, resource handy. I actually have an original copy of Adventure Comics number 275 that I used for the preparation of this podcast. And so if any of you out there know if uh, the story from Adventure Comics 275 has been reprinted, please let me know. You can uh, certainly drop me an email or you can post it uh, uh, on the forum at the uh, comicforums.com, the Golden Age uh, uh, forum there, and let everybody know. I'm just not sure about uh, reprint source for Adventure Comics number 275. Now, those of you that are really, really big fans of the Superman and Batman team-ups have probably been chomping at the bit because you know that I haven't talked about the very first team-up of Superman and Batman. Now, you're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, what what are you talking about? You just talked about the Superman 76 team-up, the first appearance on the cover of uh, New York World's Fair, number two from 1940, the cameos in All-Star 7 and All-Star 36, What's going on? Um, uh, what about what do you mean the very first team up? Well, the very first team up of Superman and Batman didn't appear in the comic books. It actually appeared in the Superman radio shows that started in the 1940s. And on September 5th, 1945, Superman encounters a young boy floating in a boat out at sea, and it turns out to be Robin the Boy Wonder. Five days later, on September 10th, 1945, Superman rescues Batman and the two meet for the very first time uh, on the radio show, and a number of team-ups begin in the radio serials long before the first team-up in the pages of Superman 76 in 1952. In fact, Superman and Batman and Robin teamed up on the radio 13 different times, or, or I should say in 13 different serials that appeared throughout the course of the, uh, the Superman radio shows including the uh, famous Atom Man serial that was probably one of the most popular of all of the Superman radio serials that was ever done. Uh, so if you want to actually hear some of the original team-ups of Superman and Batman, you'll have to check out uh, the radio shows that uh, have been put out over the years. Now, Radio Spirits is a company that I know has put out uh, these, uh, these reprints, uh, or I should say these audio recordings of the Superman radio shows, at some point in the past, they actually published a set of Superman, Batman, and Robin radio serials where they attempted to put them all on audio cassette, and they may have put them on CD by now. I'm not sure about that. I have listened to a number of the cassettes over the years of those particular uh, team-ups. What was interesting to me is that uh, Batman and Robin actually lived in, in Metropolis in the radio team-ups and not in Gotham City. So that was a big change between the uh, comic book, and the radio lives of those heroes. So there you have it. That is a pretty good summary of all of the team-ups between Superman and Batman and the origins of those team-ups and their team efforts during the golden age of comic books. All right. Well, I hope everybody uh, learned a little bit about the Superman-Batman team-ups from the golden age of comic books. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books, the 58th installment uh, that's taken me six months to get to uh, getting this episode done. Appreciate everybody's patience, and uh, I do appreciate all the emails that I've received and other comments that I've received, particularly the individual who emailed me asking whether or not I was still alive and well. I am indeed alive and well, and I wish I had time to do a podcast every month, but I simply don't have the time right now to do it, and I will get these shows done, hopefully, as time permits, but I can't make any promises about a schedule or when the next episode will come out, but uh, hopefully this one will hold you all over for a little while until I can get another one uh, underway. But I do appreciate everybody uh, uh, asking about it and uh, expressing interest in the show. As always, you can visit our website at goldenagecomics.org. That will redirect you to the blog page where I post a show notes about every episode and other information about the Golden Age of Comic Books. Also, you can check out our Comic Space page, comicspace.com forward slash goldenagecomics. I have a complete index there of every episode with a hyperlink to the, uh, to the page where you can download the MP3 of the show. And I hope you'll find that useful. Of course, uh, thanks to the uh, generosity of the guys over at Comics Geek Speak, Comic Geek Speak. Uh, we have a forum at thecomicforums.com, Golden Age Comic Book Forum. Uh, I'll post information there about the show as well. I believe uh, there's an index there of all the episodes. And uh, that's where everybody who wants to talk about an episode or the Golden Age of Comic Books generally uh, usually goes to hang out and talk about those things. There hasn't been a lot of activity over there uh, in a while, only because I haven't done a show in a while, but I do appreciate all the comments that we get over there. Also, uh, you can find me on Twitter these days, um, uh, uh, twitter.com forward slash Golden Age Comics. That's a fairly new event in my life. I thought I'd check that out. I know a lot of the podcasters that I know in the comic book area are on Twitter. And so I may be posting some interesting tidbits here and there about Golden Age comic books and just things going on in in my life over on Twitter. So check me out over there, twitter.com forward slash Golden Age Comics. And last but not least, uh, the email address is goldenagecomics at gmail.com. Send me an email every now and then. Uh, I'll be glad to respond. I try to respond to every email I get. I do get a lot of uh, very interesting questions uh, from all over the place about the Golden Age of comic books. Uh, the emails I've gotten have sometimes led to, uh, to other interesting uh, uh, research that I've done about the Golden Age of comic books. So keep the emails coming. If you have questions, I'll do my best to check those, uh, to check those things out. So I hope everybody have, has had a great summer. I hope uh, you've got a great fall coming up. Hopefully it won't be uh, Christmas before I get my next show done, but you never know. But anyway, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books. And I look forward to talking to each and every one of you about Golden Age comic books on our next show.